Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Mojo Mondays with myself and Coach Carly. Hello everybody. So this morning, it's Sunday today. We're doing a Mojo Monday on a Sunday. <laughs> Which we are trying surprise, to, surprise. Surprise, surprise. We are trying to avoid it. But anyway, this is where we are. But I was going to mention this morning, it's such a beautiful day today. It's The sky is blue and there's a bit of a breeze. It's just gorgeous. But you and Oscar decided to have an ice bath this morning because Oscar's been on and on at you about converting our deep freeze into an ice bath, which I know probably a lot of our listeners have already done. But this morning was the launch of the ice bath and it was very funny. (laughs) It was the launch of the ice bath because we do have a portable ice bath, but it was just a pain in the arse going and getting ice all the time. So this... You just silicone up the insides of it, plug your freezer in and off you go and you bring it down to the required temperature and then you can put it on a timer for probably two or three hours a day and it'll keep it. And And Oscar was delighted because he had to crack some of the ice to get in it. It <laughs> and, was frigging cold. Oh, it, well, I mean, look, it was. I was on the outside looking at you, but the look, on, the look of pain on his face for the first 20 seconds was just like it was excruciating but then it's so interesting because after that 20 second he just calmed down and his whole face he was like serene it was mm. and he started wanting to do 30 seconds and he went to a minute and which was very impressive it was yes very impressive very impressive indeed so today we are keeping on the theme uh, and by the way sorry oh. it's on tiktok Oh, yes, it's on, you have a TikTok account. So if anyone's on TikTok, it's Paul Taylor underscore stress fit. So follow because you've got about seven followers at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, you've got to start somewhere, don't you? You do. You have to start somewhere. So today we're keeping on the theme of physiology drives psychology and managing stress and preventing burnout. So we're going to do a bit of a dive into macro recovery, which is all about sleep. Because last week we talked about micro recovery, which is about taking those short recovery breaks, doing short burst of exercise or breath work or and hydrating and that sort of visual distancing. So today is all about sleep. So if you want to go into a bit of the science behind that. Yeah, and just very quickly, because I could spend an hour on this, and the reason why we sleep is about repair and regeneration. So when you're asleep, there's a whole host of biological mechanisms that kick in to repair your body and your brain. And and in the brain, the, the big thing is that we don't have a lymphatic system, but we have a glymphatic, starts with G, And at night, your neurons shrink. They dump their waste products into the extracellular matrix and goes down the outside of your cardiovascular system. So everywhere in your your body, it's just blood running inside your cardiovascular system. At night, the glymphatic system actually operates on the outside of the, the cardiovascular system, takes all your waste products away, dumps them into the lymph node just through on the other side of the blood-brain barrier. So that's why we see that when people who have chronically bad sleep dramatically increase the risk of neurodegenerative diseases. 
But we also know there's a whole host of other biological repair mechanisms that that go, such as, and I'm not going to go through them all, but another really important one is your DNA repair enzymes. These are little enzymes that run all the way through your body looking for cancers and precancer cells. And basically, in a coordinated effort with natural killer cells, they get executed. This is why it's important. You know, we get all the physiological repair. We get growth hormone. And um, Dutch researchers uh, showed in 2019 that REM sleep when we're dreaming is actually like nightly therapy for the brain because that is the only time that your brain blocks norepinephrine, which is the stress hormone in the brain. The Yanks call it noradrenaline. In dream state, it's blocked in the brain. And we think it's because that's when you replay the day's events. So if I remember you shouting at me for not picking up my socks, I never that's going wake, <laughs> to wake me up, right? It's just violent. And um, that will wake me up because of the stress. But so what they think is happening is you replay the day's events, but in a less stressful um, time and you store that memory as less stressful. And they showed very sophisticatedly that you block REM sleep in mice and humans, it causes anxiety. Hmm. So the two really important phases are REM sleep, rapid eye movement or, or dream state, and deep sleep, which used to be called stage four. Now they've changed it. It's N3, non-REM3. So we have REM sleep and then non-REM one, two, and three. One is that transition, two is light sleep, three is deep sleep. And so that is essentially why we need sleep is because of that physiological and psychological repair mechanisms that, that happen. How come some people survive on less sleep than others? Yeah, look, nobody knows the answer to that. Researchers believe that it may be that some people have just got, or maybe this is contributory and maybe not the whole reason, but some people have got more efficient clearance mechanisms in the brain, right? Mm. Uh, and so they can survive on less sleep. So take our household. I can survive on about an hour or optimal let's say optimal for me is six and a half to seven hmm. but optimal for you is probably what eight to eight and a half yeah yeah eight definitely i'm a mess if i don't get my eight hours sleep yeah and it's it's something that i i i know like every morning i go for this run it's kind of this is my um i guess my baseline of what i do every single day so i go for this run a minimum of 2.25 kilometers and I'm I'm measuring my speed and um and I'm what I do is I document it in my journal on how I'm feeling and then if so some days it's quite remarkable because some days I I'm bounding around and and at a at a really good pace and other days my legs are heavy and I'm feeling really sluggish so what I try and do is I work out why and the days that I feel sluggish, it, without a doubt, are the days that I don't have a, enough sleep the night before or mm. I have a rough sleep. And then I kind of work out why. And, and it could be maybe I drank wine the night before, maybe I was on a screen. You know, usually I have my at least half an hour, but I try and have an hour off screen before I go to bed. And 
these and also fasting as well um if i finish eating at six o'clock and i do my overnight fast then i feel that i've got i have a better night's sleep and i've got more energy in the next morning so what i find is documenting- and, and by the way sorry sky lots of people report that actually um mm-hmm. What's his name? His name escapes me. Uh, Sathan, Sathan uh, uh, Panda. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a researcher, done a massive study on intermittent fasting, has tens of thousands of people on an app, and said that when people do that intermittent fasting and they stop eating early, they sleep better. Well, it kind of makes sense because from what you were saying, there's all these biological processes going on in the brain of repairing cells and and killing off the bad cells and and you know all that sort of lymphatic system stuff if you eat late then your body is going to be putting energy into digestion and less into all the other stuff that should be happening so you've got to give your body a break and allow it to do its thing overnight and we know that when people eat within three hours of bed, they have worse sleep because your 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 whole digestive system is very expensive to run metabolically. Mm. And actually, eating close to bedtime also can switch off the DNA repair enzymes. And has been shown that that researchers think that people who eat late at night potentially increase their cancer risk. Right. So so that's really interesting stuff, but. Um, I think it'd be good to go through your routine. So let, let, let's just pick apart some of the things because your routine, you are better at it than me, probably because you've got a higher need for sleep, right? Mm. Um, but um, that morning run is really important because getting out into the, the sunlight early in the morning helps to reset your circadian rhythm. And yeah. so you should get out as close to sunrise as possible. So I'm always up um, generally before the sun, unless it's like real in the middle of summer and it's really, really early. But generally I'm up and I like to get out and get sunlight into my eyes. That is important for setting your circadian rhythm, particularly if you're messing with your sleep and wake cycle. Right? Yeah. Um, regularity of wake time and sleep time uh, and and you're pretty damn regular, particularly with your bedtime. Um, that is very regular, and that is probably the most important thing. And then you mentioned as well that digital detox, like that's hugely important. Having that wind down routine, you tend to journal. Um, you know, you go into bed and, and and you'll sit and journal in bed. But our brains need time to decompress. Like yeah. the worst thing that you can do has been doing cognitively stimulating activities with a screen. So things like watching Netflix, doing work, social media scrolling, that blue light in combination with stuff that is 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 arousing it for your brain is really, really not good. Yeah. The other thing I do religiously is I put my phone on charge as early in the night as possible. So at, at 8.30, I reckon, is the latest and my phone's on charge. And my friends know if they're going to text me after that time that they're not going to get an answer because I'm not looking at my phone. Um, yeah, so, and it's not on charge in the room. That's really important, right? Yeah, yeah, always out of the room. And the kids are really good about this as well. It's like even if I forget to, to say to them, oh, where's your phone? 
I will find it outside of their room after they've gone to bed. So it's, you know, if they haven't put it on charge, they'll just put it on the table outside of their room. So, and we've taught them from a very, very early age that no phones in the bedroom and they know why as well. Because I'll I'll just mention Kira because her sleep routine is really good as well. So she's 17. Sleep is very important to her. And what she does is when she has a shower at night, she won't even have the light on. She'll have a... She'll have a. She'll have. She'll have very soft music playing. Sometimes it's classical music. She might have a candle um, lit. Other times it's just practically darkness. And she's having a shower because she wants to have that melatonin, natural melatonin, come up before she goes to bed. And then she doesn't like any light at all from that point on because she knows it's going to help her sleep. Yeah, and and that is really key. And particularly overhead lights, so lamps are, are much better. And if they're not white, like uh, like orangey type glow, yeah. or you can even go red and sort of advertise to your neighbours that dodgy things are going on. But, but <laughs> it's try to avoid the bright white lights, uh, uh, particularly, and then that wind down routine. So you do journaling, I do stretching, uh, yep. I do a bit of, of of body work on that, but you can do um, breath work. I'll generally do breath work while I'm stretching. Um, if you're God-fearing, as my dad used to say, if you're, if you're religious, do some prayer or just do some um, yoga or read a friggin' novel. Yeah. Like yeah. when you read a novel – your brain is highly engaged and it's a mindful activity. You've got to create all these characters and weave this narrative in your head. That's really key. And, and I think we, we also talked about the last meal. Try to have that three hours before you go to bed. Yeah. Um, and, and try and have um, alcohol-free days as well. So yeah. I try and have at least four alcohol-free days and, and then, you know, even – on a on the weekend I do try and minimize it because alcohol is a real disruptor for sleep I mean that's just another yeah and, and alcohol both alcohol and marijuana interfere with REM sleep I think the other big thing is caffeine so limiting caffeine and probably trying to have none eight hours before you go to bed yeah because the half-life is about six hours so that means half six hours later half it's still in your system and no more than 250 milligrams if you want to be safe now the reality is some people are faster processors and you do build up a tolerance so there are people who can have an espresso and go straight to sleep and they're going caffeine doesn't affect me but what we know is it impairs deep sleep mm. so they get to sleep but they spend less time in deep sleep. That means they wake up less recovered, they're tired, and they start the day with caffeine, right? So then it's becoming a crutch. Yeah, and I think sometimes it becomes the new norm to kind of to feel a bit sluggish, to feel that sort of slight hangovery feel that people kind of think, oh, this is just me, I'm busy. And But if you really... Um, focus on your sleep and have this sleep routine and, and and have the mantra the morning starts the night before because what you do the night before is you're going to affect your energy levels the next morning and what you do in the morning is going to affect mm. your sleep that night. So it's all yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, look, I think the other thing was there's two things we, we also need to mention. Um, one is supplements. I'm not a fan of melatonin. Um, for me, the best supplements for sleep, particularly if you've got a busy mind, ashwagandha. I've talked about that before. 
um, uh, phosphatidylserine, and um, both of those are good at reducing stress and quieting down the brain. And then magnesium theonate. So you, uh, there's different whole heaps of types of the, uh, of magnesium. Theonate is the one that crosses the blood brain barrier, and me and you both take that um, before we go to bed. So they would be the three go tos. Uh, I would be steering away from melatonin because you just don't want to be bringing in exogenous hormones. And look, the other thing to say, like all of that stuff can really not work for people who have real insomnia. Mm -hmm. um, so they can be doing all that stuff and still struggling. And CBTI, so CBT for insomnia is really, really useful. And the other thing that works very, very well for them is sleep compression, where they stay up as late as possible until they feel super, super tired, and then they go to bed and minimize the amount of time in bed. And you keep your sleep really, really short, like three, four hours a night until you're just sleeping. And then you start to increase your sleep. Like that has been shown to be really effective for insomnia, that and CBTI. So if all the sleep hygiene doesn't work, and actually doesn't work when you do it properly for about 10 days, not do like three of them for a couple of nights and go, that shit doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Do them all for like 10 days. If that stuff doesn't work, then you're on to the more hardcore stuff like CBTI and that sleep compression stuff, um, which can be very, very effective because we know that sleeping tablets are not good, particularly in the long term. You're not asleep on them. You're unconscious and it changes the sleep architecture. So really not a good thing to be relying on hmm. that would be that for this week so um have a good night's sleep peeps. Yes. <laughs> good night oh and actually oh one other thing i mask oh which yes. you have done religiously for a long time and i'm now joining you in the eye mask brigade no, because you found this amazing eye mask it like it's like blackout eye mask it, yes do you know the brand of it? Because we should promote it. It's brilliant. I, I I will look at it because I bought it for you and it was like it was like the best present I've got you in a long time. But yes. I am now going to join you and I'm going to do a Wisdom Wednesday this week on some very cool research about why we should all wear eye masks and sleep. And now everybody in our house is wearing an eye mask. Yep. Catch you next time. See ya.